welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Oh, we're a dime a dozen uh, service providers. Sometimes it can feel like every person and their dog is a coach, a consultant, or a trainer. So how do we stick out enough to help the right people find us? This is an essential question to solve, and I haven't always got it right myself. It's harder to narrow down who you're talking to and what you help them with because it's scary. And what if you get it wrong? What if someone who... Is not your ideal customer chooses you, do you need to reset your niche when that happens? In this episode of Mavit Marketing, we're going to walk through why it's important to explore your own background, what makes you and helps you define your niche. We'll then take a look at the three main types of service providers you can be, so you can work out which one you are. And then we'll look at the four main areas you need to consider when finding out your point of difference and then how to use that information to refine your message. If you're working this out for the first time or like me doing your annual check-in to make sure that you are focusing on the best niche for you right now, this is a podcast episode you can't afford to miss. It's episode 78 of Mappet Marketing. Now, just as an aside, it was originally a LinkedIn Live, so there are a few references to comments made by some of the um, by some of the people watching the episodes. And um, I definitely brought out my old lady jeans today because I also mentioned about how I'm covering my knees with a coat to keep myself warm because it was chilly when I was recording this. Right, without further ado, let's jump in and work out how to find your ideal niche as a service provider. Hello and welcome to How to Find Your Idol Niche as a Service Provider. I'm Rachel Claver and I am a content marketing strategist, a marketing strategist specializing in small business owners. And most of what I do is helping people learn how to be the face of their business confidently. Now, full disclaimer, it was warm here before, but it's freezing cold. So um, I have got my jacket, but I'm just going to try and not wear it because I look like a woolly mammoth when I'm wearing it. It's going to I'm going to be an old lady and put it over my knees while I'm talking. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking this over with you and helping. I know that there are people who really wanted to have this as something that they wanted to, to learn about because finding your ideal niche actually is really a lot more complicated often than we think it's going to be. Um, you can, of course, um, ask any questions. If I miss them during the session, most of the time I can't. Um, I, so most of them I can see them right away. But if I miss it, um, I'll make sure I'll check because it's being streamed on a couple of different platforms. I will just check in um, and see if you have got um, you, you've got a question and I'll answer it for you. But um, hopefully I'll be able to answer things as I go through. Right. So let's talk about how to find that ideal niche. Uh, the first thing I want to say about that is that our natural inclination, our natural inclination is to not niche down too much. Our natural inclination is to be as broad as possible. It's it's normal. Um, and I've got good news for you because you can still stay broad in some elements, and I'll explain that later. Uh, but our natural inclination is to do that. But as, when we're broader, because we want to do well, we don't want to exclude anything. We're service providers. We like people. We're nice to people. We don't want people to miss out, you know. And so when we we decide to niche down, we don't want to go. Oh my gosh, you know, I don't really want to talk to. Um, not not include this person because that person's special. 
yes, they are special, but it doesn't mean that this isn't the time for us to talk about how we're going to manage things for that person, right? So, so we're going to talk about how to make things a niche that will work well for you. What the first thing we need to do is we need to do what I call narrow the arrow. We want to make our messages sharp and as pointy as possible so it cuts through the noise and helps you locate your ideal people because that's important, right? And your ideal people are going to be a particular type of people. They're the people that you do your best work with that are best suited to working with your style of teaching, where you're sitting in terms of your levels of expertise and in your experience, which are two different things, by the way your personality, your quirks, and your hobbies. And so that's a really important thing. For example, I have ADHD. Now, I've only recently found out that I have ADHD, but it was probably plainly obvious to most of my clients. If I look back at the past of before I knew that I had ADHD, I definitely had people that I worked with who did not really understand or get the way my brain works. And you know what? My brain is freaking amazing to many people. And to other people, it is the biggest pain in the butt. And often when there was a disconnect, it was because I wasn't able to articulate, these are the people that I work with best, people who can cope with this and like this and get inspired by these things. But here's all these other things that I do that aren't so good in that realm, that these people over here don't care because they're getting all this goodness, but these people here really care about, like making sure that everything is spelt perfectly on any correspondence with them, um, you know, that sort of thing. And so that's going to be, a, that's an important thing to understand. Our quirks count when we're a service provider, and that's really important. We're going to cover that soon. But this is something I've had to struggle with and had to work on myself, this whole narrow the arrow thing, because it's so easy for us to want to go broad all the time. And especially, you know, we work mainly with service providers. We also work with people who sell products. You know, some of our longest lasting clients and the people that we have had the longest relationships with are in e-commerce or they are in retail stores. But the bulk of our clients are service providers. They are coaches, consultants. Um, they work in professional services like physio and osteo or engineers. You know, they're kind of in that space where they're creating sometimes a product, but often a service that they're creating. And it's very easy for me to go, oh, but we work with e-commerce. I'm just going to make this really broad. But actually, really, our pointy arrow when I'm thinking about my marketing is, who am I talking about when I'm talking to service providers? So often we don't want to make people miss out. But when we come to defining our niche, we do need to really specify in our heads what that missing out thing is. What is that narrow arrow that's going to happen? So a couple of things that you need to be aware of. The first one is, is that if you're a service provider, your niche is always going to be closely aligned to who you are. It's going to be closely aligned to your background and it's going to be closely aligned to your personality simply because when people are working with us, it's all about that trust and they need to know that they align with us. And that's why it's so important to relax when we're doing our marketing as a service provider because you can be an amazing person and someone just won't like you. Um, and we did, you know, I did a live couple of weeks ago about haters, haters, meanies. Uh, other people in my industry who I immediately relate to and go, this person's amazing. And it's often because we have a shared value, we have a shared personality type, 
we have a shared kind of way of doing things. And I go, this person's amazing. And there's that instant alignment. And same with clients. There are people that I meet where I go, I want to work with this person. Even if they don't want me to work with them, I want to work with them because I feel this instant alignment. It's like a privilege to be in their space, right? There are other people that I deeply respect that I don't really like. Not very many, okay? But there are people out there, like in my industry, for example, where I'm like, you have a great message, you have great values, you have great ethics, you do a great job, but I personally don't relate to you. And this is that magic of really knowing your niche. Your niche will be carefully and quite closely aligned with your personality. And what I think is really funny is a couple of those people who um, have worked with some of the same people I have worked with, but either they didn't have a good experience with them and came to me, or those people didn't have a good experience with me and went to them. We are still doing similar work, but it's really about that personality space around how we deliver that was the thing. So our personality, our background, and who we are is going to be closely aligned with what our niche is. It has to be if we're a service provider. That's the first one. The second thing I want to cover with this is it is so normal for your niche to evolve and change. As you grow and develop, your niche will change because you are changing. And as we said before, your niche will be closely aligned with who you are, your background and your personality. So for example, um, years ago, my niche was working with parents of young children. Then it moved to working with um, educate the education system and I was working a lot in the education system and then I moved from that because my children were getting older and didn't really like me writing about them and talking about them into marketing um, and for a while it was just social media because it was like a nice little tight little niche for me within an organization that I was working with and then I came out and went quite broad and did you know marketing strategies for you know, marketing strategies was a thing and we still do marketing strategies but my evolution where I'm going is to work primarily in that space for a particular type of business owner who wants to be the face. So your evolution will shift and change as you shift and change through life, and that's normal. But sometimes, sometimes, we confuse our niche with our current life experience. So not everything that we're going through in our life has to be a business niche. And sometimes our current life and experience can be something where we're still requiring to process something, go through healing, go through development. And that sometimes if we focus on making that our niche, it can take us off track. And I've recently been working with a couple of clients where this has happened, where they were in a particular niche, they were doing something, they had quite a dramatic thing happen to them. And they went, oh, you know, this is the thing that's really feeding my soul at the moment. And they jumped into it and didn't, it wasn't successful because sometimes our life, our current life experience is not something we've processed enough to be even a lived mentor, someone who's only a few steps in front. So not everything that happens in our life is fodder for our niche. But it's just to be aware of that, that a lot of it is, but it's just to be aware that sometimes, you know, we need to be, we need to think about whether our life experience is going to come into play with this. So as a service provider, we do have three key choices in how we present ourselves within the niche, which we will get to very soon. 
Um, the, 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 fir- the first one is to be a sage, to be someone who's had a lot of experience and depth of expertise in a particular area and can teach confidently on that area. Um, if I was looking at what I would be doing and how I work, that probably would be where I would fit. I think I feel a bit ballsy calling myself a sage, but I've been in digital marketing for, for 20 years. I was just calculating. I think I started my first blog in 2002, so it is 20 years. Um, and I've been teaching in marketing in some way since 2007. So I can't do maths, 15 years. That's a long time relatively. So as, as I've done that, as I've created that, I have a whole bank of experience behind me. And so that's where I would fit. Now, another kind of loop on this could still be a highly experienced person, but might be someone who maybe hasn't lived through some of that as much or is just naturally good in a thing. Like I've had to learn that stuff. I learn it all the time and then I'm applying it and I'm experimenting through but another, another kind of um, service provider, if we don't want to have that depth of experience, which we're passing on training and sharing, it might be that we're a motivator, someone who's kicking someone's butt, making sure that the you know, accountability, all that sort of stuff. And you don't actually have to be a particular expert in anything to be that person. You can just be really good at following up people, listening and doing it. So coaches, you know, still experts in being a coach, but may not be an expert in a particular subject area. And you're a motivator and accountability person, someone who's driving people through. So that might be the second option. And then the third option is that you are like a sage, you are a teacher, you're an encourager, you're a trainer, but you are a living mentor. You are maybe two or three steps ahead. It's perfect for those of you that are not like in your 50s, um, like me. So for example, um, I am 51. At some point, I'm going to go through menopause. Sorry for anyone that gets offended with that. Um, But I'm a female and it will happen. Um, And so I haven't gone through it. It hasn't happened. But perhaps if it did go, if I went through menopause and I went, I'm learning some really amazing things while I'm going through this process. And then I went, I'm going to have that as my niche. I'm not going to, I can tell you there's other people who are already doing it. But as a lived mentor, I might only be six months, a year, two years down the track of everybody else going through that experience. And I'm using the power of my own journey to help teach and guide people. So there are three, three types of service providers that we get to be. And you'll be more of one than any of the others. So being a sage, someone who's been around for a long time, has that wisdom and experience over a long period of time. And I'm finding when I tapped into that, I realized that that was where my magic spot was for my niche because I teach every type of content creation. So it fit really well for me because I've had such a diverse and broad background with that. So even though my niche is, is narrow, my offering in terms of within when they work with me is wide. Um, and that took me a long time to work out that that was okay. And so that you could be a motivator. So you're just someone who's like giving them that kind of confidence and that motivation as they move forward. Or you can be a lived mentor. I'd love to know, you know, if you're listening to this and you're, you're someone who can put comments, I'd love you to tell me which one of those you think you are or that you'd fit. And and I will come back and, and come and, and comment on it um, at the end of this. But I think that that, that would be quite a powerful way of thinking how to how to make that 
your choice, which one of those it would be. And I know with my clients and I with my coaching program who are in the service area, they go, oh, I know which one of those I am. That's the one that fits me best. So it is an important differentiation to think when we're kind of working through what our niche is. So one of the mistakes um, also that people make is that when we go through this process of developing our niche, we only talk to our ideal client within that niche in our content. So one of the things that might shock you is we're going to go through how to kind of define your niche later. I'm not a fan of telling everybody what your niche is broadly. It, it just sounds naff to me, I think, partly too. You know, like I'm going to read one out that I've done here too, like... Um, I help busy mums with young children find more time for themselves without negatively impacting either their work or home life. Now, that's a really good niche. But having that as what you say on everything is just, it's, it's, it doesn't need to be said. Our niche is more for our head, our head in here, for us to teach ourselves who we're focusing on when we're creating content. That's what it's for. It's not necessarily your tagline or what you put on everything. And I see this mistake happening over and over and over again because it doesn't do what you think it's doing. It just fills someone's brain because often those sentences are long, they're a little bit complex, they have lots of bits in them and they can get very confusing. So they are there to help us in our heads redefine who we're talking to when we're creating content or when we're developing our marketing collateral but they're not necessarily something that we broadcast everywhere I am sure a company like Nike have a specific niche or specific niches you don't find them saying we help we help people who are just starting on the exercise journey have comfortable feet no matter how much they run like we just don't say that and that's one of the biggest mistakes you're hearing me rant now I'm sorry, I shouldn't have gone the rant. I'll step myself back. I was teaching about ranting today in our coaching group, so I'll just step myself back for a second. All right. So instead of talking only to our ideal client and our content, we do need to make sure that we're focusing on our ideal client when we're talking in our content. That's really important. But we often need to also sometimes go wider to attract people who may not quite recognize themselves as our ideal client. And that helps attract, like I talk about building a sticky content master, content web and making your web really sticky. By doing this, we attract new people to our web who then go, oh, I'm going to stay for this other content that I wasn't thinking I would be interested in. Um, so for example, I do primarily work with female business owners not it's I also work with males but and so I don't say publicly I only work with females but most of my clients are female most of my clients are also over the age of 40 now I was talking about this my coaching group and I've got a couple of people in my coaching group who are not over 40 so obviously I'm not saying that they are 40 but what I do is when I'm thinking about what a 40 plus year old woman who probably has also had children and they're professional and they're juggling all that stuff, what is the other content that they might like? And so I will maybe think about my nation that's lovely and focused, but I'm also going to talk wider. So for example, sometimes on some platforms, including TikTok, Instagram doesn't like it so much. I talk about being a Generation X because I'm over 50. And so I talk about that because that attracts in other people who then may stay 
for my more niche content around business ownership and being confident and being the face and all those things. Can you kind of see how we don't want to necessarily go, this is who we're talking about when we're talking to the world. It's in our head and it helps us go, is this content going to relate to my ideal client, even if it's broad? And this is that magic. So you could be like your niche could be, I work with women over 40 who struggle to be confident with content creation. And sometimes then I would go wider and talk just to Generation X in general. Or I might work with men men who are dads for the first time and that in their 30s. But I might go wider to talk about parenting life in general, life in your 30s in general, life with kids, life in relationship with your partners. See how it's broader, but it's still talking to that niche potentially as well. There's the narrow narrow conversation and then the wider conversation that's drawing that potential target market in at the same time. All right, so when we're looking at building our niche, there are four areas that we want to focus on. Um, and so I'm going to go through this. What I suggest you do is you get a piece of paper. This is what I did. I got a piece of paper and I divide it into four and I gave myself about five minutes to, for each area and just brainstormed a bunch of stuff. And I was really surprised at some of the results that I got back. You know, like it is amazing when you start doing it, how much you actually discover, you're actually learning stuff in your own understanding of how things go. So we want to really consider that. I'm just going to pop this into here. Um, okay, cool. I just saw Fiona that you mentioned that you're one of those that's been around a long time. I just, sorry, I just noticed I have chat. Um, so when we're looking at our four areas, I want you to think about these four. The first one is to look at your experience. Don't discard anything. So for example, um, I worked all the way through school as a veterinary nurse because my father was a veterinarian. Um, this got really nothing to do with what I do now, but put it down, put your experience down. I also put experience around um, my life experience. So I put things in there about how I was a single mum for eight years. I put in the places that, you know, places that I'd lived, um, you know, living in different countries. Um, I, I moved to Taiwan when my baby was, my second baby was six weeks old, couldn't, couldn't speak the language. Pour all your experience, like write down a bunch of your experience. That's not expertise. It's just your life experience, your work experience, your relationship experience, your parenting experience, your just your experience of the things that have had big impact to you in your life and put that down in there. Um, because this is where we start finding the themes or the ideas of who we are and how we can best express those things. So experience is one of them. So you put these down, do a quadrant, do it, or do a piece of paper each if you've got lots to say. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm over half a century, so I've got quite a lot to say. Um, but we do that. And then the second one is we put in our expertise. We put in what we are all good at. Look, it could be that you are a superstar at knowing how to stack a dishwasher, not me. Um, but it can also be things like, you know, um, whether you've you've had books published, have you, you know, have you um, got a particular expertise in a particular area? Are you highly skilled at knitting? Are you highly skilled at 
doing your accounts, like whatever it is that you're going to put in there, like put your areas of expertise. And often our experience and our expertise may be different. So don't, there can be double ups as well, but it's those things that you feel are your really good things. And it can be things that help in terms of like how you're going to show your niche. Do you have um, expertise in coming across in teaching, like on a webinar or face-to-face? Are you really great? and expertise in writing because it can also how you're going to create your content as well and what best way to fit your content so you do your experience you do your expertise then you do any of your interests and passions and let me tell you a sad story um i was um i got married around 23 24 i was married for 10 years i broke up because it was very dysfunctional i had three little kids and i will just say that I had no idea what my interests and passions were when I left my marriage that time around because there was no space for me to have interests or passions. And so if that's a, if that's you, you have to fix that before you go and move into this because we want to see a multifaceted part of your life. And if all you have is this work, then or hanging out with with, with your kids or with, with a significant other, there is a missing part there that's going to make it very hard for you to build a following and build a niche around people choosing you for your personality and who you are. So you need to work on that. And I had to work on it. I had no idea. Um, now, you know, that's why I share sometimes when I'm sharing, you know, I love reading thrillers. I'm currently watching um, the Lord of the Rings prequel. Oh, my um but like I love watching you know I love I love reading thrillers I love walking it's those things that you do in your spare time that you can thread in I I used to love swimming I you know I love buying clothes from trade me I've got all these little things and you want to think about these things because these things can filter through and help attract and draw in other people who resonate with areas of interest and experience and joy that you have in things they experience dogs having your dogs being a parent can be part of this. Like your interests and passions is an important one. So we do your experience and write down everything you're experienced in. Write down your expertise, which will be different often to your experience, like the things that you know you're really good at, that you can stand proud in, whatever they are, even if they're weird. And then your interests and passions, and you write those down. And then the last one is you spend some time writing down your quirks and the things that make you different. So I had in there my ADHD, the fact I love dressing up in costumes on video, um, the fact that I um, I like putting <laughs> I like putting pegs that match on things and hanging things out, not that I hang things out. So just like go with all the different quirky things that that make you different, that make you stand out, because they're all things that add in flavors of who you are and they're really important for us to be able to share. Um, and then once we've done that, we we need to understand all those things because as a server provider, we're building trust and our niche market needs to be really closely aligned with who relates best to us. So understanding ourselves in here is really important. Once you've done those four, four areas, go through and highlight the things that best represent who you are so you can highlight them or circle them. Then highlight anything that's in the other three areas of experience, interest, and quirks that kind of pull out and show your expertise because we want to then bring those in. So, for example, one of my um, one of my quirks I said before was ADHD. Um, yeah, 
Fiona, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to break it. Fiona also agrees with me. She's listening in and she's just commented, pegs definitely need to match. I bought matching pairs to fix that one. So did I, Fiona, because I couldn't cope with my children hanging something out with unmatching pegs. I'd literally have to go outside and fix it. Um, and I got it off my grandmother. Um, I know that she felt like it was a, a chore and a curse um, that she passed on to me. But honestly, I have so much joy when everything matches. Um, okay, so going back, going back to our um, and to our four areas, so you highlight the things that you can see that best represent who you are. You then go through and find those things that show your authority expertise. So one of my one of the reasons I've started talking about one that I'm Generation X and two, that I've got ADHD, is one, the Generation X is also talking about the fact that I've got experience since 2002 and talking about how I was an early adopter back in the early days, like now I'm not, you know, but that I was doing that. And so when I'm talking about things, I share with that kind of thing because it builds on my authority and expertise. Um, I also share the ADHD thing, partly as a filter to prevent people who hate people with ADHD to not work with me but also because people understand I can talk about how my brain works because it's got while there are some drawbacks in having ADHD in terms of my type of work there are huge pluses so I've taken that quirk and I've gone I need to talk about that more in terms of this to attract my ideal client because it's helping me really pinpoint the magic of who I of what I am or who I do. For you, it could be the opposite. I've got a strategist in our team who's very precise. She's, you know, she is a um, slower to process person, not slow, just slower to process person. And that is her magic. And when I'm talking to a client and I go, okay, you're not going to fit with me, but you'd fit really well with her because of that, they go immediately, yes, you're right, that is me. So knowing our quirks is really important when it comes to developing that niche language because it means that we make sure that we've got the right people for us. So you best represent who you are. You have authority and expertise in what you've got. Then you think about the offers that you already have or potentially are going to create and you connect those things of that expertise and check, does that fit with the offer that I offer that I'm planning to offer? And does that talk talk to it? Because if it doesn't, there's a mismatch in what you're saying you're good at and what your offer is. And sometimes we have to make adjustments. And I've had to do that. That's one of the things I've been working through in the last 24 months is how do I adjust my offer to fit best with my skills and what I can do? Because then the person working with me is going to get the best result, which is what we want, right? Because best results is what we're all aiming for. It's the best way to grow a business. And then, and this is the last one, have a look at those topics, that content, that expertise, and ask yourself, can you see yourself creating marketing content around and about those topics or those areas for a sustained period of time? An example for that is I am very adept around Facebook ads. Um, we have a Facebook ads division. I run that, that group every week. We meet. I know exactly how to run, build a funnel. I understand all the technical stuff, but I would not enjoy at all so that's an area of expertise for me it actually fits my target market they will want to know that stuff 
but it doesn't light me at it for a sustained period of time in terms of marketing content. So it's out the door. It's not going to be part of my niche because it's not something that actually for some reason doesn't light me up inside in terms of teaching about it. So even though it's expertise, experience, and it's something I'm good at, it's not something that fits in with my niche. Does that make sense? I mean, I do actually teach it to my con- my content clients, but only after we've done a whole lot of other stuff that I find is more fun. And I and I don't want to market and attract people thinking that that's what I'm going to be focusing on because that would be unfair because it's not what lights me up. And this is a chance for us when we're developing our niche to think about what lights us up because we have to, because we have to create content around that topic over and over again. So this is really important when we're developing our niche. So when we've got all of those four things together, when we've got those four areas of experience and then looked at the four things of who, what best represents who you are, what do you have authority and expertise in, how are you going to connect that to the offers that, that you want to supply the most or is the most profitable for you, which is important, um, and then how you can see yourself create and can you see I've creating marketing content about that topics using those ideas over a period of time, those are the ticks of those four areas of expertise, experience, interests and passions and quirks that you're going to focus on. So when you've got that all together, we can work out who we best serve, which is amazing. It helps collect these things. It helps us work out who we serve, help, teach or motivate, what specifically we're going to do for them and what results they will get. And that forms your niche sentence or sentences that if you remember, if you haven't watched all the way through, uh, we talk at the beginning about how we don't always pass this full niche sentence onto people because it sounds a bit naff. It's more for us to know in here. We can communicate it in a better way. We can actually make it broader, the topic broader on our profiles when we're sharing. But it is one that we talk directly to on our website not with that niche statement. I don't want to see on a website, I help um, I help 25-year-old women authentically portray the way they feel through wearing paisley scarves after dark. I don't want to have anything like that on your website that's really specific like that. Not that I've got anything against paisley scarves, but you know, I'm trying to explain how I feel about it. So a general niche, if we were looking at a general niche that we would share with other people might be, I help manage your time better or you will manage your time better with me. That's That could be our general niche and you can put that anywhere. But our secret specific niche, our narrow arrow that we have in our head whenever we create content could be, I help busy mums of young children find more time for themselves without negatively impacting their home or work life because that gives us all the bits and pieces of the things that we would talk about in our content to attract those people. But the official niche might be, I help you manage your time better. Can you see the difference? So we need to have a specific niche that stays in here. And it means that when you go to that page, if I was coming to your Instagram page, for example, might have I man I help manage your time better I help you manage your time better but every post is about what it's like to have young children and trying to find time for yourself what it's like real life with children when you know they go to bed real life routines it's going to be focused on that because that is the niche you're talking to so they're naturally going to be attracted to it to help find the content Uh, and remember 
we don't need to ever publicly share that specific niche. You would have to chuck it in a Facebook group and go, I work with, you know, transatlantic um, athletes who love diving into the cold ocean on a winter's morning and need more meaning in their life. I am looking for you. Where are you in this Facebook group? It, no, no, because it's it's not what we're saying give value to that type of person in the group and they will find you. You don't have to mention the niche. It's just all in here. Great. Um, so you can, of course, share in part, but it's not a golden ticket. It's more how we shape our decisions around our content, our marketing and our messaging and keep us on track, knowing that that niche is the people who are best, the best way we can use our experience, our expertise, our share our interests and passions, and also share some of our quirks to help them identify that we're the best person to solve their problem. And that is how we find our niche as a service provider. I hope that's really helpful. I'm running these every fortnight as a live across uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Um, so there's another one booked in for it. Um, and then I also then turn them into my marketing uh, podcast for rapid marketing um, a week or so later. So if you're wanting to listen to this again, audio, you can do it that way. Um, and then there'll also be a column and stuff about this as well. So you can read it if you prefer to read. Um, and that will be uh, not, not this Monday coming up, but the following Monday. Um, this will be live then on stuff too. So I hope that's been helpful. Um, I will come back and check all the different live streams if there's been a question that I missed and um, ask questions in the live stream. Really happy to answer them in there and um, all the best developing your niche. It's been a pleasure sharing this with you. So if you're a service provider and you found this helpful, I would love it if you shared it with other service providers and also rated and reviewed it for me. That helps other people trust this podcast and trust me. But let's just go and talk a little bit about you as a service provider and the actions I want you to take from today. Number one, I want you to really think about what type of service provider you are and what fits you best. Are you the sage? Are you the uh, motivator? Or are you that learned experience mentor? Which one of those do you fit best at this current time? It can change. Also, have a little check in and make sure that your personal life, while it needs to be shared, isn't influencing your niche to the point of where it's constantly chopping and changing, depending on what your life experiences are. And then the third thing is to go through that process. So brainstorm those four areas that we covered in the podcast and then go through the four checks and balances that we make to then really refine it and highlight the common themes and ideas that help you then create your niche statement. And I'd love to hear your niche. Come along to Map It Marketing, our Facebook group, and tell me what your niche is. I would love to know because I care about you and I care about your success as a service provider. There's work out there for all of us. And wouldn't it be great if we all worked out a way to shine our brightest lights to get the best clients for us? So come and talk about it in the Mapit Marketing Group and have a great week. I'll catch you next week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.